evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Wednesday Night Wallop, Season 5, Episode 7. Ryland Turner here, joined, as always, by Kyle Joseph. Kyle, how are you? I'm doing okay. We're talking about another episode of Wednesday, or another episode of Wednesday Night Wallop. I think we're on 7 now, and we're talking about another interesting episode of Dynamite. This one, yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah. I'm enjoying, I'm looking forward to this uh, quite a bit. Uh, But before we get into the episode of Dynamite that we covered this week, as always, Kyle, how do we start the show? We start it by talking about all of the news that we can find in the world of wrestling. It is the Wednesday Night Roundup. It's the Wednesday Night Roundup. Rylan... I want to get your thoughts first on this because I didn't. I will be the first to admit I didn't fully watch this entire show. I was I was sort of in and out of it. What were your thoughts about Elimination Chamber? Uh, well, I'll say this. Yes, the ending of it was disappointing, and it did take the air out of that building completely because Montreal was on fire all week heading into this event. Sami Zayn was a top tier merch seller for the entire week. This guy, this guy broke their merch sales at a pay-per-view event like that. That's what this this show did. They broke uh, gate records for Montreal itself. Um, They went up, I think, 300 percent advertising wise, sponsorship wise. The the, the records that were broken in this were ridiculous. Uh, Match wise, I thought every single match delivered. Um both elimination chambers were very, very good. I thought the women, uh, given that last week we're talking about the women having a really hard spot and, and not all of them were, were the, you know, super awesome workers like in the men's one. And I feel like thought these women really showed out. And I thought that we, we got to build a, a lot of stars out of this, much like we did in the men's as well. I, I want to give a lot of credit to the men's elimination chamber. I thought that everybody looked good in this. Montez Ford looks like he's going to be a prominent uh, solo star one day. Bronson Reed got some awesome monster spots. Uh, Johnny Gargano looked great. The best he's looked since he got back. Seth Rollins, of course, always uh, looks great. And even Austin Theory, like he really had a great elimination chamber as well um what else was on this card here uh edge and edge and beth phoenix versus finn balor and uh and um rhea ripley was fine it was a fun match and the crowd really helped it i that's the other that's the thing is the all the matches that we thought were just going to be ho-hum on this card ended up being a lot better than that because of the fact that the crowd was into everything so there there is that um uh, before I even really get into any more, I'll let you go at it, because I know that you have some strong opinions on this one. The wrestling in this show was all very good. I don't want to take away anything from the wrestlers. I don't want to take anything away from uh, the performances. And if this was your jam, if this if you felt really good about this show, that's completely understandable. Um, because, you know, it was a perfectly good wrestling show. I am worried that, and I can't believe I'm saying this, I'm worried about how boring they're booking right now. This show was so boringly booked. 
ironically, the most interesting thing in terms of a booking like swerve that happened was Brock Lesnar with the low blow for a change instead of being low blowed. But like, yeah, like everything that was kind of supposed to happen did happen. And I gotta be honest, I'm kind of done with it. It feels... The booking feels so contrived. We're gonna get Cody, get his magical moment at WrestleMania, beating Roman Reigns, and everyone's gonna be really happy, and they'll be like, oh, it was totally worth all this bat, whatever this story things are, it was totally worth it because we got what we wanted in the end. So, well, that crowd sure didn't sound like they got what they wanted. And despite the fact that they tried to get Kevin Owens out there to save the day, I don't think that brought the life back into that crowd. And Oh, it certainly didn't. Like, firstly, firstly, how long is it going to take that guy to get out there? I know they tried to cover it up on Raw with saying that he, or with the the idea that he's still pissed at Sammy. Yeah, but like, like he, he was. I don't know. Sammy. Like, he was just trying to beat up the bloodline. Though the way that the the thing happened was kind of weak. Um, the ending, I thought of that match was kind of weak. The, the Uso thing. He didn't really choose yes. his side. No story progressed except for the fact that Sammy is done. Right. Congratulations on, on you know, taking the most... And I'm sure there's a bunch of people who'll be like, oh, but Sammy got his moment. He sure didn't. He was suckered out like everybody else was. And yes, he got to kick him after the match. Yay, Sammy. Um, like... I, th- I will say, I thought the match leading up to it was tremendous. Sure. I thought those two, th- I thought those two killed it. Like, I agree, I, I agree with you 100%. 100%. I was standing watching the, that last few moments of that match. I, 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 that's how excited I got about it. These guys went 32 minutes where the first five minutes, they just stared at each other and, and the crowd was on fire. And you're 100% right that that ending was weak. Uh, and Sami Zayn is wearing the wounds of war after that. His back looks just awful. Um, but you, you're 100% right. It was weak. They made a believer out of me, and I feel duped. Completely and utterly duped. And I think, to a certain degree, like that that was the idea they wanted to get you to believe and and they certainly did that all those all those spots like i don't know how you felt in watching that match but like there were numerous times where i thought he was winning and i think the crowd did too i just never believed it for me like because i just didn't i didn't think wwe would be willing to do it and to me I felt the same way how I feel now is the same way I felt about the Royal Rumble. For everything we're talking about that Triple H is doing and that he is booking everything so well. And I do think the the overall quality, particularly the floor, I think uh, Nate Milton talked about this when he was on the show, the floor of WWE's shows is so much higher than they used to be. So you're getting consistently good matchups, consistently good matches. Everything is looks right, but then the booking decisions are just so like cookie cutter boring right now. The people you expect to win win with no variation, and nobody is really be- like. I think they there were strong showings in that chamber match. But I don't think they're going to follow up on any of them. 
in both chamber matches. But to be honest, I don't see them following up on any of them because they have their directions already. And the rest of those guys, thanks on doing your job, but you're not part of this this story anymore. And for Sami Zayn, he's going to go right back to a tag team division that, for all we've talked about in the past about Triple H liking tag team wrestling, he sure hasn't booked a tag team division worth anything right now. No, it's really the Usos. I mean, yeah. even the New Day went to it went to NXT. Yeah, like I, you're not wrong on that. Um, so, like, I, it, like for me. I I said, and this is the big thing that I, and you know, you can, you can call me a hypocrite for this, but the way that WWE was booking their show was they were booking their show as stories over match, over matches. So for me, if you're doing that, I'm more invested in the story than I am in the match. So how... I feel about the show coming out of it was going to have way more to do with how the story resolved itself than how um, the matches actually went. And to me, the story was Austin Theory retained and Logan Paul is going to be fighting Seth Rollins. That story was already built, but I guess they wanted to add to it. Um, Then we got Asuka, you know, winning... To the point where Carmella was the last one, or the last one there, and man, that felt a little bit deinflate, uh, uninflating, or yeah, I, uh, yeah, deflating. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. Not, I thought that, not I, I that, that Carmella the- didn't, you know, have a pretty good showing, but it felt like, oh well, we're just getting the thing that we already knew that we were getting, and we didn't really we didn't use this spot as an opportunity to build a credible challenger. Um, then the, the Lesnar, um, Lashley match ended, like we said, in a schmoz. And it looks like they're throwing Bray Wyatt into this now. They sure are. <laughs> what We're getting the cinnamon toast crunch, uh, devils match. Or, okay. Yeah. Here's the thing, Kyle. I, this is, I will say one thing. If we get Brock Lesnar in some sort of cinematic match where he has to act, I'm all for it. Yes, I, I, I agree with you 100. I, I think he will be I, tremendous. I want Brock in that. Lesnar Funhouse. Yes, I think he would be amazing in that because he is smart enough to be able to laugh at himself. Look at his yes. fucking haircut. Like he he did that for one of his kids just because they he dared him to do it. Um, no, like he, he he's the perfect guy for that. And Bobby Lashley would be great in it too. I don't don't get me wrong. Like yes. I think that both of those guys locked in a funhouse or in the funhouse or whatever. I think that's a great idea, a really great, and it does something different for that match that we don't have to actually see that match again. I agree, one hundred percent. And it's too, and like I love the idea of, um. Bray Wyatt is a carnival ringmaster watching these two like giants fight each other. Um, I, I, I almost cha- the almost sorry challenged uh, Brock Lesnar to a match at WrestleMania on Raw this week, and I, <laughs> I wonder what that interaction is going to be next week. Uh, um, <laughs> I don't know. Sure, whatever. Um, but the, my point is that, and then we get to. And the Edge and the Edge and Beth Phoenix thing, uh, to me, we're taking a little bit of the sizzle out of this. 
Edge beat Finn Balor. Where does he go from here? Well, they, they had Finn Balor attack him on Raw, and it looks like that's the direction. Just Beth is at home now. And it's like, well, and it, here's the thing. So they they booked Austin Theory to defend the U.S. title against Edge at on, on Raw in Ottawa. Yeah. Honestly, Kyle, I know that we talked about this last week with John Cena and Theory. If Edge would have won the U.S. title... I think number one, there's your there's your Canada pop that you you fucking sorely missed out on on Sunday, um, and I, I honestly wouldn't mind having a U.S. title match between Edge and Finn Balor. Like it, it, it adds something to the match, given that it's now for a title. And again, I don't think that Theory and Cena needs to be for a title. I think there's enough story there. I think yeah. I well, I think that. Cena, yes, does have a history with that title, and, and I understand that that's important. Um, I just think that the story of Austin Theory being the next guy, the next, you know, the, this this hot young prospect, and John Cena coming back, he's coming back in two weeks. Like, he, he's already, he's, he's booked for Boston. Yeah. So, like, we know that's the direction. I just don't think it needs the U.S. title. And I, I think that the, the better move would have been to have Edge take the title off of him at that point. But, I mean, again, that's it's, he's 49 years old, so how much do we really want to see 49-year-old Edge as U.S. champ? Yeah. The big thing for me is, like, we missed an opportunity for the roof to come off that place. Yep. And it's like, sometimes you just let the story tell itself. You know? Yep. Especially, and the big thing is, like, if the plan was always going to be for Roman versus The Rock, and we could not get away from that, uh, then, you know, whatever. Tell your tell your boring movie story. But, like, the plan's already changed. So what is it, what is it, what would be wrong with it changing again? Yeah, I, I don't, I, again, I, I don't disagree with you. I don't think that um, I think that when it comes to that crowd, that that fan base of your your diehard WWE people, I think that um, I don't think Cody's in a terrible spot. I mean, he didn't get booed in Canada, so like no. that that uh, and, oh, and he's and and, and, oh, and, and he and sure I, didn't show up the week after though. But like, I'm not saying that. No, he was on Raw. Oh well, I'm not saying that it's like a. Like Sammy winning is this big disaster or whatever it is. It's not a disaster. It's just you're, you're right. It's boring. Yes. It and I and I don't disagree with you. I, I think that it takes a lot of heat out of it, it, the, when again when I was watching that match for a minute, Kyle. I was a believer and I had it taken away and I was I was left uh, feeling uncomfortable. And you know what's funny is that bleeds into that press conference that happened after. I don't know if you saw Sami Zayn on the press conference uh, post-pay-per-view, but even he was... He, he came out, basically, and he said that he felt strange because he, he you know... I think that he was a believer at, at that point. Uh, apparently, going into the pay-per-view, there, they had... You know, a 50-50 chance of taking the title off Roman Reigns. That's the that's the rumor, is that they were actually considering doing it. Um, and I, I, I he also said that he needed to watch the match back, which again I, I think again the match was, was tremendous and they did a very good job. I just it just it ended so like a balloon being or the air being let out of a balloon. Yeah, it, it just that's the thing. It's like it'd be one thing if like Jay had betrayed him. 
Because then it's at least advancing a story to that, like, it's turning the story to Jay. Which, again, I wouldn't necessarily have loved, but at least it would have been a direction, you know? Right, and, and then and then they had him spear Jay, which only makes it so Jay turns on him after. Yeah, which is like... You didn't need that. No. And, but uh, unless their grand plan is, is to, like, dis- disintegrate this group right after WrestleMania. And, I, and, and something tells me that is the plan. Is that yeah. the bloodline is is going to be no more come WrestleMania, and then we're going to do maybe Roman and Jay again, and which is fine. Like that was a good match too, and sure. I'd love to see them run it back. But it's 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 uh, you're not again. You're not wrong. I, I I'm not um, super enthusiastic about a tag direction for those guys, especially like they they're going to spend the next three weeks go humming and hawing. You know what they're building to now, Kyle. They're building to it's, a hug, yeah. And and, well, and and wherever they get that hug, it's gonna be the place will go nuts for it. Um, I feel like so the the big problem I have right now is I feel like going into WrestleMania, there's gonna be let's say sixteen matches on the card, and if I can predict the results of like fourteen or fifteen of them, then this is becoming a problem. No, you're you're, you're right. Should we play that game? <laughs> <laughs> When we get closer to Mania, we can definitely have a look at it. All right. Uh, Wallop wall Mania. What is this? Wallop Mania 4? This I year? Think so, yeah. We're, we're getting up there, Kyle. We're getting up there. Um, we, <laughs> that we went deep on that, but it, it's time for to move on in the news a little bit. Uh, you want to talk about Mercedes Monet and Kyrie Sane. This is an easy early contender for Women's Match of the Year. These ladies went out and... and Mercedes Monet, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck up a few times. Probably call her Sasha Banks. It's been built into me. It took a long time for Brian Danielson to get out of my head, or Daniel Bryan to get out of my head. So, um, with all that being said, Kyle, if you haven't watched this match, I know you and your your love of Japanese women's wrestling and Mercedes Monet looks different, works different. And has added so much more to her repertoire. And I just, I know how much of a fan you are of her. So, like, I'm going to give it a go watch this match because this was really, really, really great. And uh, the, the show itself was very good. I, I thought uh, I watched the Jay White uh, Eddie Kingston match, which was uh, very good, which led into quite the uh, heel turn from uh, Finley's son, David Finley. Uh, destroying Jay White as he's about to cut his heartfelt promo. Um, So there's that that's interesting. Uh, Okada and Tanahashi had one of their 17 million matches. Let me tell you something, Kyle, about Okada and Tanahashi. They don't have a bad match. They just don't. It's like The Rock and Austin. They're just, they're made to wrestle one another. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Uh, These two had a great match. It, it's it was no different than any other match that I've ever seen them wrestle, but it was great. So there's that. Uh, I thought, uh, all, but all in all, no, I, I did want to point out that Mercedes Monet and Kyrie was was really, really, really good. And people like were so quick to judge uh, that one move, 
And, oh no, it's going to be bad. Classic Sasha Banks botching again. You know what? She didn't hit it perfectly in the match, but at the same time, it was it was an improvement from the first go-round, and it is not an easy move to hit. Also, like, who cares? Yeah, well, th- there's that, sure, but like, th- th- you gotta think, Kyle, Like, the, my whole thing is all these fucking assholes who sit there and judge these moves, this is a gory bomb into a DDT. This is not some, like, simple, like, you know, armbar. This this is this is a complicated move to pull off, and timing is everything. And in a high pressure situation like that, things happen. So I'm sorry, like don't don't sit there and and like judge anyone based on that. She didn't hit it perfectly in the match, but you know what? It, it what didn't matter that the match was great. The match was fantastic, and that that was the last thing on my mind leaving that match. Moving on to some New Japan free agents. Apparently, Jay White is now joining Kota Ibushi as a free agent. Rylan, what do you make of this? There's so many options for both these guys, right? Like, Jay White has been in AEW. He's worked with uh, the crop of talent there. He's familiar with everybody there. But the WWE is kind of like a brave new world for this guy. Like, while I don't know how eager he would be to get in there, change his name, and, you know, stop using his finisher... Because it's Bray Wyatt's finisher. Um, I mean, it is it is an interesting it's an interesting kind of landscape for this guy because I'll be honest, Kyle, in past years, Jay White has never lit my world on fire. And over the last like 365 days, he's really and, and I would even say maybe even the last two years, has really put himself in a definitely a way better position, has had some tremendous matches, one being, like I said, the other night with, with Eddie Kingston. I thought that was a great match. And uh he's really set himself up to be, I'd say, the hottest free agent on the market right now. Kota Ibushi, absolutely. Kota Ibushi, the the only thing with him is he he is older than Jay White at this point, so you're going to get less out of Kota Ibushi. Um, However, Kota Ibushi has come out and said that um, he's talked about both AEW and WWE what he would want. In AEW, he would want to finalize his dojo in Japan first. And before he made any, and, and he would be willing to work once a once a month with with them if he signed with them. That's what his his deal would be. Whereas with the WWE, he would really want to work at the Performance Center and get in to train the next generation of talent, as well as do a bunch of dream matches and appearances for them. Where do you see that? Like, what do, what is your opinion on both these guys? Man, it's tough. Okay, Kota Ibushi is 40. And some of those miles are city miles. Absolutely. <laughs> those DDT miles. Yes. <laughs> like, he's a person who I would say I'd rather see him work a, a lighter schedule. And if we're going to have him do dream matches, I don't even know that he needs to sign specifically with a one with one, any one promotion. I feel like I'd want to see him finish off his AEW story. I feel like I want to see him, you know, wrestle some of the American promotions. Wrestle around Japan a bit as well. Just go on a tour of fun matches. Even, you know, go back to DDT for a little bit too, you know? Like, I, I think he's a guy who I would just like to see him go around have some fun matches and just sort of like, you know, that would be the, that would be the career I would imagine for him. 
I don't think there's anything for him in WWE at this point. Like, you know, if they don't have anything for Shinsuke, they're not going to have anything for Kota Ibushi. It's fair. Jay White is interesting. He's only 30. Oh, oh my God. I've done nothing with my life. (laughs) (laughs) October 9th, 1992. Holy fuck. He's, I'm only a few months older than him. Yeah. Oh. He's only 30. He has had a majorly accomplished career. Honestly, and I can't believe I'm saying this. Like, he's a guy who I would say does not need um, to go to NXT. But honestly, if Dragon Lee is going to NXT, Jay White would be a nice piece to be like one of the big players in an NXT run. They're on the USA Network. They need a star. And they don't have that right now because of the reboot. Yes. And those two guys feel like they could be huge stars. And frankly, I think Jay White's ability, his storytelling, his promo ability, his um, heel ability, all of these pieces that he's already built... One, you could have him put a faction together there if you wanted to. But two, he just has all the pieces to go and have really great feuds with some of the people in NXT who could badly need them. Like, could you imagine a feud between Jay White and Braun Breaker? Or Carmelo Hayes? Or, you know, those type of big deal people on the company. Or, and then we get to Jay White and Dragon Lee. Yes, please. Let that close out a pay-per-view. Could, could, Kyle, could Jay White be Uncle Howdy? Oh, God. (laughs) No, it just doesn't make any sense. And they don't need to stick Jay White in that story. It's such a, it's such an odd story for him. I don't disagree with you. And, like, the other thing you have to, because, like, there are limits to what Jay White can be in, in WWE. Um, I I hate saying that because this is a guy who should be you know a champion several times over. I don't see Jay White as a world champion in WWE. Interesting. Um, but yeah, like frankly, I I think NXT would be the way I would go with him. If he ends up on AEW, that'd be great. Obviously, there's a lot of options you can do with him there too. But to me, I feel like, and maybe he wants to go on a tour of the Indies or whatever it is he wants to do. Like, the world's his oyster. I do feel like there's a hard limit in WWE, but I do feel like that's the best fit. Fair enough. Fair enough. The Like, the cautionary tale for him, though, would be Pete Dunne. Because <laughs> I think those are very similar guys. I think Jay White has accomplished more than Pete Dunne had before signing. But then, you if you count NXT UK, Pete Dunne had accomplished a lot before really getting into NXT. Right. And now he is Butch. He is. That's and true. it's like, that's that would be my cautionary tale. It's because those guys have, like, they have a similar, similar attitude, similar, not quite the same moveset, but, like, same idea. They're not that different in size and stature and ability in brutish manner of speaking 
So, yeah, you look at where he is right now. I would that would be my maybe I should think about this, or even looking at like guys like Chompa or Gargano, who had these amazing runs in NXT and then just sort of amounted to a whole lot of nothing. Um. I would hope for bigger things for Jay White, and I would hope that having a person who's in charge of NXT, like, in charge of the pipeline, who will seemingly care more about that would help, but again, it's there's a lot of flux right now with WWE too. I do think that's ultimately the direction that we go. I think that he is going to be going to WWE, but we will see. You also, the other thing is, like, I don't know that you could debut Jay White on a main roster and have it be... Like, he's not AJ Styles, right? Right. Especially to an American audience. At least you could have people mark out about that. I just don't think that Jay White gets that same response. And then you're under the gun already. So, to me, I think the answer for him would be NXT. So then the question is, does he want to go if he's going to be used as an NXT person. I don't have an answer to that. But I think it would be good. Yeah. No, I, again, I, I, I think that's an interesting take. It's certainly, And I, I certainly think that that guy's ceiling is, I think, almost better suited for a WWE. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, so I think that's what we've got for the news today. Unless you have anything else. Uh, nope, I, I got nothing. Cool. Uh, we want to get to Rundown? As always, Kyle, you, you always forget. It's it's time for dinner before dynamite. Mm. Kyle, what'd you eat? I went to Jeffrey's with a friend of mine. We had nachos and watched curling. It was a grand time. That's that's, that's good. That's good shit. That's good shit. I, uh, I had a stuffed um, garlic bread. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. Feta and spinach. That's the way to go, man. Yeah, that, that definitely sounds delicious. Um, I think now would be the time, Kyle. All right. It's time for me trying to run through this sh- very complex show in as quick a time as possible. It's the Wednesday round- Rundown. Orange Cassidy defeated Wheeler Utah for the All-Atlantic Championship. We had a promo between with Evil Uno and Hangman Page, basically saying Hangman Page to hang back during the match with John Moxley. Ricky Starks and Chris Jericho had a contract signing that was an open challenge that Ricky Starks ended up getting Jericho to basically say that the Appreciation Society could not come to the side. We got a hype video for the Tag Team Battle Royal that we got later in the show. The Acclaimed defeated The Firm in a Tag Team match. We had Christian Cage come out and was attacked by Jungle Boy before reversing that attack. and It's it's revolution stuff. We got a very similar, basically a slightly recut from the promo we got a week ago. Uh, Wardlow video and Samoa Joe hyping up that match. Soraya defeated Sky Blue in a match with some post-match shenanigans. Brian Danielson and MJF had a bit of a promo back and forth. 
Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker had a promo backstage. We got the Tag Team Battle Royal, which was won by Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. They are out in Fatal 4-Way at Revolution. We got a House of Black video, where they basically said they wanted to fight the Elite in their creepy way. Adam Cole had a promo, said he was coming back and he was going to be uh, have a match on Dynamite next week? I believe it's the week that all... all so he, he came out to talk about that AEW All Access. Right. And he said that the week that that show debuts, it will, be, it will also be the week that he comes back. Okay. In, in ring. We had Lethal and Jarrett and their crew had a promo slash chat with the Gun Club backstage. John Moxley defeated Evil Uno in a match to end the show, which ended in a post-match where the Blackpool Combat Club and Dark Order slash Hangman Page brawled in the ring to conclude the show. This podcast is brought to you by Spear King. Literally. Our producer, RJ, has decided to branch out and brand himself, and we couldn't be more excited to hear that. If you've been with Wednesday Night Wallop from the beginning, you will hear that the production has since improved tenfold, and that's all thanks to Spear King. RJ has worked tediously to hone his production skills, from the opening song, to the tidbits of music sprinkled throughout, and the editing of the podcast in its entirety. Spear King puts a royal effort into your product. I know for a fact that we wouldn't have the professional sound that we do without his efforts. So please go support our producer in all of his future endeavors, and don't be afraid to reach out about something you're interested in RJ getting his hands on. That's Spear King Co. on Facebook, at spear.king.co on Instagram and at Spear King Music on TikTok. Spear King. Music, media, and production. Rylan, do you have any honorable mentions you would like to get to? I've got a few. I'll go through them as quick as possible. I thought Starks and Jericho was a fun segment. Uh, uh, Starks continues to have some of the most personality in the entire locker room. Jericho is always great. I thought it was it was fun, and it was in and out, and it was quick. They didn't waste their time. Um, nice to see the House of Black on Dynamite, even in promo form. Nice to see the House of Black Black. No, House of Black. Yeah, Black. other way around. Those yes, yes. Um, who cares about AEW All Access? I don't. I don't give a shit that we get a show now that shows us what happens behind the scenes. Ooh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I thought Adam. Cole, it sounded Adam Cole seemed hyped about it because apparently one of the episodes will be dedicated to his comeback, and that's great. I, I'm sure that's going to be compelling television. I'm not going to watch it though. This feels like a lot of sports enterprises seem to be jumping on board this drive to survive train yes i just heard one about nfl quarterbacks the other day oh that's like i don't care what trevor lawrence does in his day-to-day okay i care what he does on the gridiron on sunday okay that's what i care about these are some of the most like not to be whatever quarterbacks are some of the most boring players like give me the show about about like running backs that's what i want to see Anyway, carry on. Um, Stokely Hathaway. 
I just I, his presence this this evening was was welcome as it always is. But he came down to the ring uh, in his Black Panther inspired gear. I would say yes. Uh, great, just great, really, like just phenomenal. Uh, and MJF's promo apparently, according to Sean Ross, Sean Ross Sapp, uh, the 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 reality of him talking about him and his fiance splitting is accurate. So for him to come out and uh, deliver that promo, whew, that's gut wrenching and great pull apart after I thought too. So I I'll say this: I don't want to watch him and Danielson wrestle for an hour. I don't. I don't. I don't really care to watch that. That's not something that I, I view as like, I would love to see them wrestle a 25-minute match. That's what I'd love to see. But knowing that this match is an hour long, eh, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm less excited than I guess I should be for this match, I suppose. Because I know what this match is going to be. It's going to be 40 minutes of prodding back and forth, and then we're going to get 20 minutes of a great match. And I just, I don't know. Iron Man matches are always a hard thing for me, but I thought this segment was really strong. Um, I don't know if you have thoughts on it. Yeah, I'm going to talk about it later. Okay, okay. Um, actually, no, I won't. Sorry, uh, I didn't put it on my list. This, uh, it was on my honorable mentions. I apologize. So I'll talk about that now. This was really good. I thought it was personal. I thought it was, it added something to the match. I... My problem with this match is and remains that Brian Danielson is set up in a position where him losing really hurts him. And whereas there were other ways to do this where him losing wasn't going to really hurt him. I don't know. This kind of feels like a whole bunch of stuff. Um, I thought the, I thought this promo was good, though. It added to the match. And if it was a more standard match, I think I'd be a little bit more excited about it. I don't know if you're right. in the same place. Yeah, like I said, I, I'm not I'm not game on watching these guys for an hour. But if it was a standard match, I'd be there. I'd be. I think this would have helped that more. But I mean, this, it didn't hurt the the it didn't hurt this match that we're heading towards. So I, I think those two had a really uh, good showing tonight. Yeah, I agree with you. Is it time for the top five, Kyle? Um, no. I have one more oh. thing I wanted to do for honorable mention: Peter Avalon. <laughs> <laughs> This was a great use of Peter Avalon. Came out, got the got a little bit of a pop from the crowd, got Judas effect. Ah, uh, this is cool. Wasn't expecting that. Good, good for you. We will move to the top five. I will open. Jamie Hader's promo was probably the best one she's given so far. I thought it made sense for her character. I thought it hyped up the championship. I thought it. Bill, it bigged her up as like, you know what? You both want this belt? Fine, come take it from me. And I think that match is gonna be good. I've said this about multi-woman matches before, and AEW has had a history of not having great ones. I think they're gonna figure this one out. Yeah. I do hope that the quote-unquote brawl to the back happens fairly early. So that we can get Tony Storm and Britt Baker on the show, but we don't have to have them ruin the match. Because I think this match should either... So this match either needs a clean finish, or it needs some sort of Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter shenanigans. Either way, I don't think that she can lose it yet. I think she costs... I think Britt Baker costs her the title. It's possible. If that leads to 
uh, a blood feud between the two of them. That's cool. I do think that that uh, Jamie Hader. I don't want to book myself into too much trouble because again, it would require AEW to really care about their women's division. But I wouldn't hate Jamie Hader getting a shot at Jade Cargill in the future. It's not a bad direction. She, she Jade Cargill certainly needs challengers. Yes. Oh my God, she does. Speaking of things that are not going to be on this pay-per-view, uh, you know, a second women's match would be nice. Last week on Rampage, Kyle, and I, I understand I don't watch Dark and I don't watch Dark Elevation, but Jade Cargill defended the title against a woman who I've never heard of. In my entire wrestling nerddom, I've never heard of this woman. She defended the title against her, obviously picking up the win. Uh, but this is where we're at with Jade now. Like we, we need to have her in more high profile feuds. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, yeah, that was my number five. I thought the Jamie Hader stuff was really good, and I think we're in a di- moving in a direction that's interesting. And yeah, uh, what's your number five? Uh, my number five was the tag battle royale. Uh, it was chaos, but there were parts of it that were quite fun. Uh, I thought a lot of people got a good shine in this match. Um, and while I'm not super enthusiastic about Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal getting into this, can't deny that heat. Can't deny that heat that Jeff Jarrett gets. <laughs> I don't care. Like, I I think that at this point, like they're not going to win, right? They're, we know that. They, they've already had two chances of the titles. They're not coming out of this match the winners. And... I, I'm I'll say this as much as I would rather not see Jeff Jarrett on TV I'm just happy to see Jay Lethal on TV on we, network TV I'm happy to see Jay Lethal there every week I just like this act is over for me I do not want it anymore and the reality is that this it Satnam Singh did not make these guys look very good in this match I will say this they're gonna have Satnam Singh there again and Sanjay Dutt doing interference stuff because it's a multi-man match. And like, I will, I will say, I would have preferred the best friends. I would have preferred the best friends. And the big thing about this is that I know they wanted another set of heels in this match. This was not the way to go. Uh, I don't know. It's like, but but to, to to that point though, Kyle, like what what heels get better reactions than those two right now? They don't book any of them on the show. No, I, I don't disagree with you, but I, I, that's just that's the only thing that I can think of is they know that they're going to get a bad reaction, yeah, and so that they the want guns, though. Like, yeah, I think I think the thing about this is it's just like it's just going to make the match worse, and that's unfortunate because like Jeff Jarrett's going to have to spend time in it, and that's going to make the match worse. And it will mean they'll have to do some schmas, and somebody will have to get hit with a guitar, because you know, obviously, and just and Satnam Singh will have to be there to like throw somebody, and it's just like I just don't care with this group anymore. I think Sanjay Dutt and Satnam Singh have a perfectly fine dynamic. That Dutt should probably go off and be Singh's manager. Jay Lethal should be going and wrestling on his own, and Jeff Jarrett should be not here uh, doing his backstage job. No disrespect, but, like, God. 
What's I, your I get, number four? <laughs> I, sir, I, what I don't understand is I don't get this guy's on our TV screens every week. I don't get what, how this is the lesson we learned from Sting. Um, my number four is the Jungle Boy and Christian stuff. I think you had that number three, so we'll get to your number four. Saray and Sky Blue. I thought that this was decent. I thought that Saray looked really good. Her, her her bumping was looked really good. That little bit of it that she did. Um, it was short. It was sweet. Saraya got the victory as she should have. Um, I and this has been the thing is this storyline has been bothering me, and we've talked about it for the last few weeks. Is I think it's the worst thing you could have done. But this was a strong win for Saraya, which I think she needed, and. It, you know, like I'm excited for the title match. I am. I, I think that's good. I think you're right. When when we we've got these three women in there, and I think the three of them are going to have a great match with one another with with each other. And um, I'm I, yeah, I'm excited to see this. I, I hope that this gets a good spot on the card, and that it's not you know thrown somewhere after you know a, a trio's title match or something like that. Like I would like to see these women actually get a chance. To be able to achieve, you know, something great, um, but no, I, 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 like I said, I, I'm excited for this, and I thought this was a good match. Yeah, I agree. I, I enjoyed the match. It didn't make my list, but I thought it was it was solid. It did its job in a way that I think a lot of this other story hasn't, and I think it's sort of hurt some of the wrestlers. The one thing I will say is Tony Storm does sort of feel like Soraya's sidekick right now. Yeah, I think that we're gonna. That's eventually gonna bleed into something, though. I hope so. Um, my number. Uh, we'll get to the. Um, my number three, which is Ricky Starks and Chris Jericho. I thought this was great. I thought this segment, as I mentioned, the Avalon stuff was good. I thought this segment was very, very good at hyping up this match, getting us to sort of want to watch it one more time. I do think if I hope that there are no shenanigans with this match, but I do think at very least for the match portion, it will just be Jericho and Starks, which I think would be good because otherwise I think this would have needed a cage. See, that's kind of what I thought that the, the direction they were going was because when he handed him back the contract, I expected Starks to be like, ha ha ha, you didn't read the fine print. We're having a cage match. He didn't, which was fine. Yeah. Because what he really wanted was just for him to sign off on the fact that it'll just be one on one. Yes. And that's fine. But I don't feel like they hit that over the head enough. Yeah, that's fair. I think this was, I thought this was a really good segment. I thought it, it built the, where, the direction where we wanted to go. Um, and yeah, I, I'm Ricky Starks could use a big pay per view win, and I think this is the way we're gonna get it. I 100% agree. Um, your number three is nine, number four. I will briefly touch on this first because I think you were even higher on it than I was. I thought this Jungle Boy Christian thing was good. I think we're gonna be building to a one heck of a match the pay per view. And I am excited to see it. I will say, is is Luchasaurus hurt right now? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. he is. Yeah, he is. Okay, because I was like, I was disappointed that we haven't seen him in a while. But yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I thought this was 
really, really good. I thought this was the best Jack Perry's looked since the cage match. I mean, he's been getting some good wins, you know, definitive wins over guys like Brian Cage. And and I think that's all well and good. Uh, Big Bill. Um, but I just I think that there was something left over from this. Obviously, they needed to finish this. And it looks like we're finally going to get an opportunity to do that. And the biggest problem I think that I've had with Jack Perry since that cage match was the fact that this story didn't feel like it was done and they kind of felt everything kind of felt like a, a holdover until Christian was okay again. The hook stuff always just felt like it was temporary. Yeah. Um, I think it was. And that's it, absolutely it was, but it, but it should never feel like that. It should never feel like, Oh, we're just waiting for Christian to get back. And that's, that's how I, I just never felt like anything he did really meant as much as it would have meant to have Christian there doing it with him. Um, and now that we're getting that, I'm excited. I think his intensity was really, really good. I love the fact that Christian got back at him and it, it didn't just go down with him hitting the concerto because the fans were really starting to boo him. Yeah. I don't know if you picked up on the, that, but as, as he was going for the concerto, the fans turned on him pretty quick. Oh, I, I think the thing, and that was the thing, is I think they, he couldn't do it. Right. I think that was the, the point. And... I'm interested to see where this goes because we're setting ourselves up into a um where we're where we're built we seem to be building is a, a Bailey Kendo stick match. Once we get to that, once the chairs need to start swinging, I hope that he is able to do that. It's fair. It's fair. Um, we're on to. Our number twos. Number twos. And our number twos and number one are the same. Uh, number two, Orange Cassidy and Wheeler Yuta. I don't have too much to say about this match aside from the fact that it was very good. Wheeler Yuta is always a very good... He's good at uh, putting together hero spots. Uh, he's good at, you know, saving. He bumped like crazy in this match, as did Orange Cassidy, which... Yes. Like... Not something you usually say about an Orange Cassidy match is that he's taking you know, crazy bumps, but... He was taking a lot of stuff and, and taking a lot of punishment in this, and I thought this might have been... I don't know if it... I don't know if this is the single best match in terms of his... Um, his title run, but it was probably his most impressive title defense, if that makes sense. Certainly, I would agree with that. I thought that... Uh, I love the fact that they, throughout this match, they're playing on the history with these two. Um, I forgot about that history. Honestly, I forgot that Wheeler Yuta was ever associated with these guys. Yes, he was. Yeah, I, 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 I again, being reminded of that and, and seeing all the tag matches that they had with one another uh, as partners, it was just such a kind of like a shock to the system. Um, this was a really good match, though. I thought that a great opener. Great, great way to open the show. Um and Wheeler Yuta looks great. Orange Cassidy looks great. It was just, it was fun. I love the spot, spot where he hugged him in the middle of the, in the middle of the match, just, just got him with the hug. Um, uh, again, and it, it led to some interesting stuff with, with, um, with Claudio, where at one point Claudio just comes out like a disappointed dad and slaps the shit out of Wheeler Yuta and sends him back in the ring. To, to you know eventually get beat um but as as orange cassidy goes for the hug after the match claudio comes back out and goes get the fuck out of there we're not hugging him come on 
Um, but I know I, I thought this was a really, really good match. Certainly uh, better than I expected it to be. That's fair. So let's get to the the number the number one, and I think these two build on each other so interestingly because because uh, Evil Uno and John Moxley was number was both our number ones. And the match was phenomenal. Evil Uno showed out in a big way, which is good. I I, I miss getting to see him wrestle since and since uh, you know Stu Grayson left. Uh, we haven't really gotten to see him wrestle too much. Right, big and, match Uno. And yeah, he was fantastic in this. Moxley, uh, you know, Moxley's consistently great. It does seem like Blackpool Combat Club is going in the heel direction. What are your Do, thoughts on that? I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that at this point. Like, w- without Regal there, they kind of seemed like they were just kind of like floating above water, right? He kind of was the glue that held everything together. So for them to put on this fresh new coat of paint where suddenly they're vicious, disgusting bad guys, sure. Just make them be violent assholes. That's okay. I, I'm I'm fine with that. And Moxley to be the the head of that. Sure, I, I I'm here for it. What are your thoughts? I uh, I think it's an interesting direction. I I have always said that a that AEW is a little bit, or I haven't always said, but in recent times AEW tends to be a little heel heavy. Um, and John Moxley was always very good at like bleeding the lines. And being that like bad, literally and figuratively, yeah. <laughs> I'm because so this is the interesting thing I think about Revolution when I'm talking about this particular. When we're talking about this show in particular, there's a lot of blood feuds going into this pay per view. Jericho Starks, I think, is more of a wrestling feud than a blood feud. Um, the women's match, I think, is more about the belt. Um, the tag matches, similarly, there's some bad blood there, but I do think that's more about the belts than I think it is about anything else. Whereas you got a match like Page versus Moxley, which is quite literally going to be a blood feud. You've got Christian Cage and, and Jungle Boy, who, you know, storyline truly hate each other. So it's going to be interesting to see how you're going to pace this card so that you don't get that feeling that you're burning everybody out on all of this blood feud stuff. They're trying to build Wardlow and Samoa Joe in a similar direction, too. Right. And and obviously, Danielson MJF is a very big You know how you feud. pace it out, Kyle? <laughs> How's that? You pace it out by putting a cold Jade Cargill match in the middle of it. Oh, Jesus. I... Who versus who? I, I I'm 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 with you, man. I have no idea. You burnt through that division on her, and I don't even know where Hikaru Shida is. Nobody does. Riho is apparently coming back to television soon, but like, I don't see Riho being the one to defeat. No, Jay but at Cargill. least you can challenge her. Um, yeah. So. I guess that's where we're at right now with this. I thought this was very good. I do think we're building to a real, like a street fight of a match. I have a question for you. What's that? Do you wish this was Lights Out? Because I kind of do. Yeah. 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 That w- I think that would be the best direction to go. I feel like Hangman Page needs a Lights Out match. But it is it, it, it is a death match, so there's that. 
And that, but that's the thing. It's like the reason I say it should be a lights out match is I think it should go on last. Right. Fair enough. Because honestly, I feel like we're gonna need to bring up after the MJF Brian Danielson match. Do you think that you think they'll go that direction? That's interesting. No, I don't. I think they're gonna end, they're gonna main event it with MJF Brian Danielson. But personally, if it were me, I think I would end it with Paige versus Moxley lights out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I you know what? I, I'm with you on that. I, I think that that should definitely be the direction. Um, but yeah, I guess that's it for this show. Rylan, what do you want to give this show as a rating? It's difficult. It's difficult. I went low last week. I went, what, 1.5? Yeah. I, you know what? Honestly, 3.5. I thought the show was good. I thought the show was good. I wasn't offended by much oh. of the wrestling on it. I, 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 I enjoyed the little segments. I popped huge for, for certain stuff. Um, and yeah, I thought, again, I thought it was a really entertaining episode of Dynamite, way better than last week, and better than the week before, for that matter. So, yeah, I'm going to give it a 3.5. Solid 3 for me. Nothing uh, really p- took took me out of my seat. I thought that the Evil Uno and John Moxley match was very, very good, but it did still feel like a uh, means to an end. But, yeah. Well, Kyle... With all that being said, why don't you tell, before we get into the socials, why don't you tell the fine folks the two uh, shows we've got coming out, episode two of, of uh, one of our projects and our rewind for this month. Um, we've got, uh, let's see here, now I'm trying to remember everything that we were doing. The rewind is going to be Money in the Bank 2011, which I am excited to record and watch. should be a good show. Uh, the... And then we're going to have to do a WrestleMania Rewind going into WrestleMania next month. We also have March is going to be the time of Drive to Rewind, where we're going to do a Rewind show on the latest season of Drive to Survive. The first episode talking about seasons one and two is already out. Uh, We're going to do another one talking about seasons three and four in advance of that. Then... um, we yeah we've got our our normal wrestling shows stuff lots of stuff to check out uh Ryle, is there anything else you wanted to bring up uh no i think i think that's pretty much it i'm gonna try and get a sports report in for the nba uh just coming out of all-star weekend heading into the playoffs i'm gonna try and get vince delgado on that and he should be on our rewind episode uh for money in the bank as well so look forward to him because he's always a really great guest yeah 100 percent. around do you want to hit people with the social medias well if you want to find us on twitter it's at wn wallop on instagram it's just wn wallop on facebook look up wednesday night wallop in that little search bar at the top find myself rylan turner and, and kyle joseph's name black and gold those are our colors and uh, that's us give us a follow there uh, you can find us on Amazon Music Deezer, Spotify uh, Google Podcasts uh, I, I swear we're going to get on Apple sometime it's, it's going to happen, it's got to happen Kyle it's got to happen um, yeah, with sure. all that being said though Kyle <laughs> with all that being said Kyle why don't you send the folks home happy Alright, well thank you very much for listening all the way to the end. We appreciate each and every one of you, and you have been walloped. Good night. You have been listening to a Wallop Media podcast. You can find us on Twitter, at Wallop Media. The hosts of our shows are Rylan, Kyle, and DK. 
You can find Rylan on Twitter at Rylan Wallop and Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Wallop. Production is by RJ Spearin. You can find his work at facebook.com slash spearkingco. Logo designs are by Maisie Mulder. You can find her work on her website, maisiemulderdesigns.com. Our podcasts are hosted by Acast. You can listen to them on the podcast catcher of your choice or on our website, shows.acast.com slash wallopmedia.